0: So we have a homily brought to you by uh, third graders, specifically 3B. I'm not sure if we have anyone from 3B who's here. At the five o'clock yesterday, there was one of the students who was like very like that was me. I I helped with this homily. and She was very proud of that. Uh, but I asked third graders this question over at our school. I said, if you could only have one thing the rest of your life, what would your one thing be? What would your one thing be the rest of your life, you could only have that one thing. And I want you all to be like, in your mind right now, Like, what is that one thing? I'm not going to ask you to say what it is, but I'm going to pull you in just a minute here. I want you to really think, if you could only have one thing, what would it be? And I know when I was in third grade, my answer would have probably been pretty material of what I, you know, probably thought of like a Lamborghini or something like that, I don't know, and something along those lines. Uh, but their answers very much impressed me. and there's uh, kind of categorized into three categories. This first category, I would say, is the answers I was actually expecting, which is actually a very small group of them. And this first category, kind of material answers, like I would have said in third grade and what I was expecting. So one of them said money. Well, I had to tell this kid, I'm like, if you only have money and money is the one thing that you have, you can't use that money to buy other things. You only have one thing. So you have a big pile of money you can do nothing with. So that was, I'm not sure that was the best one thing that you could have. And then another person, uh, one of the kids said, a dog. So a dog is a, I would say everyone loves their dog, right? I, I know if everyone loves their dog. So a dog's a good answer, but you know, again, that material answer. One said, I want my pony. So she very much loves her pony, and she wanted her pony to be her one thing. Fourth one, my, probably the most comical answer, my favorite answer, specifically a fat cat. A fat cat, not a skinny cat, not a not, very specific. I want a fat cat. So if it gets skinny, no, that's not my one thing. I want the fat cat. All right. So we had these material answers, and then we had some very practical answers. Uh, one of the kids said water, which, if you go to Publix or anything right now, you know that if you had water, water is at a premium right now. So that was a very practical answer. I want water, and we, you know we all get thirsty every single day. So being able to have water, it's a pretty good one thing. Another kid said food. I very much love food. So food is a pretty solid response, a very practical response. Uh, The third on this category, kind of smart, clothes. Kid doesn't want to walk around naked. I mean, that's a smart answer. That's a very practical answer. And when he said that, I didn't even think about that. I was like, wow, like that's, yeah, I guess everyone else is walking around without clothes on. Uh, Anyway. so. We had those, the material answers, uh, these very practical answers, but then majority of the kids had these very profound answers that I was not, I was maybe thinking maybe one or two of the kids, maybe towards the end would have these answers. But in fact, majority of the class, many, many of these were said multiple times. So we have family, happiness, love, friends, the church, God. Most of these were said many times when I asked them. Those were the repeating themes. So you have third graders teaching me, like, "Wow, like here, I am. if I was in third grade, I would have been the material answer." And these kids, they get it. Those things which are material, they pass away, and you know, it, it's, those things are not the most important things in life. Things you can, lessons you can learn from a third grader. Now, I have to, I have to ask you all. All right, if you had a material answer. Raise your hands right now. Just put, it, put them up. It's okay. We're, we're, I would have had that answer. Okay, we have a few honest people. Who here had the very practical answers? Raise your hand. If you had a very practical answer. All right, we have a few people. So you mean to tell me, we have some very holy people here at St. Mark and Mary. So who here had those, uh, those bigger answers? You know, love and God. And raise your hand if that was your answer. All right, put your hands down. Now, fourth, if you did not raise your hand, raise your hand right now. Do not lie to a priest at Mass. Raise your hand if you didn't raise your hand. Okay, put your hands down. Thank you for being honest. And if you lied, uh, confessions are Friday morning after the 8 a.m. Mass and Saturday at 3.45 or by appointment, please come and see me. Happy to hear confessions for lying to a priest at Mass. Anyway, so, that's the, the truth though. There's a lot of truth to these, these uh, statements by these kids. So often we get fixed on what is immediate and what is material and we can forget to focus on those things which are transcendent and eternal. One of my favorite authors, C.S. Lewis, he uh, has this uh, short story, it's less than 80 pages. It's called The Great Divorce. I'd highly recommend it. And you can imagine this story where there is a bus going from hell to heaven. And you can go from hell and freely choose to go to heaven. And at any point, so this narrator gets on the bus with a group of people and they go to heaven, and they're allowed to stay if they want. But this narrator keeps seeing these spirits who get off the bus, end up in heaven, and they freely choose to get back on the bus for various reasons. You see, those things which are transcendent in heaven, which are not tangible here, are the most real things in heaven. They're what gives us substance. And so those things which are material here are actually immaterial in heaven. So when they get off this bus into heaven, these people are like ghosts, they, they, they lack form. And they step on the grass, and when they step on the grass, they don't even have enough weight to bend a blade of grass. So imagine the blade of grass is cutting through them and it's, it's painful for them to be there because they lack this substantial form. And one by one, these people who are on the bus struggle with various things and they willingly choose to go from heaven to get back on the bus and to go back to hell. And one of these characters, and no offense to anyone here who is an artist, I just picked one of the characters at random, that would be easy to describe, and he's an artist and he's a painter, and he finds out that in heaven, people don't own things. People don't own things. So he said, you mean to tell me that no one would be able to buy my artwork and place it in their homes and to adore my artwork? Oh, I don't want to be in a place like that. And he got back on the bus and went back down to hell. He couldn't fathom the idea of people not being able to take his artwork and to admire his artwork. So, back to hell he went, this place of loneliness and despair. But so often that can be easy for us to do, right? Isn't it? To choose those things which are immaterial, those things which are not really real, those things that which are material, which are not truly real. St. Thomas Aquinas, he has this great line, he says that the first in the order of knowledge is the last in the order of being, meaning those things which we can see and fully understand, those are the least real things. You know, I can hold something, if I can, like this piece of paper, I can hold it in my hand, I can fully understand what's in my hand, I can know it entirely, it's the least real of things. But rather, it's those things which are transcendent, which are eternal, those are the things which are most real, those things that take contemplation to understand, love and uh, goodness and truth and beauty, all of those things lead us to God, and those are the things which are the most real and to be able to put those things first, but so easy it is for us to be able to choose those material things. I was called out rightly, right before mass, I was making a comment that someone said I donated my chalice, and I was like, I didn't donate that, that's my chalice. Right there, what did I do? But the truth is, my parents would kill me if I gave away my chalice, and they're staring at me right now saying, yes, we would kill you if you gave away that chalice. Because the chalice is a gift from parents to the priest at their ordination. My parents would kill me if I gave away my chalice. But that's beside the point. Right there, I was choosing something material over being able to choose something which is transcendent. And we do that all the time. We have to be able to forsake those things which are material, which aren't going to lead us to heaven. in our families, it can be some, come so easy to place ourselves there and to get focused on the stuff that we have and not focus on the relationships that we have, the love shared together, those things which are going to call us forward to greatness and to holiness. We have to be able to take all of those things which are immediate and material for those things that are transcendent and lead us towards eternity.